Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, Matt and Ryan look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words! Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to Fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do but we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I'm going to use these beefy, calloused hands to disentangle you from the Gordian knot of the Internet's bullshit. And I'm Matt Saintsing, and it's the first time we're meeting here, Ryan, uh, in a few weeks. Took a little bit of a break, and also the first time that we're gathering since the slap heard around the world. Is that so? Did we, did, did we not get a chance to talk about it on the last episode? No, because I was in Colorado. I was on a business trip, uh, and oh, we did not yeah, record that week. We have weekend. not recorded since. So I think we should, we need, we need to approach the elephant in the room, and by elephant, I mean Will Smith's palm. Uh, you said elephant in the room. I got really excited. It's like, oh, did John Hamm make the news? <laughs> oh God, you gotta stop! You gotta stop! You gotta stop! It, it, it's his core. It's his. Uh, it's his microphone cord. It's 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 his lav mic. I promise. You say that, but they keep catching him apropos nothing on the street with his hog hanging out. Yeah, he's I'm a fucking. He, he's a huge star. He's always mic'd up. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, if 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 I got mistaken for having a dick that big, I would always walk around like that because I wouldn't want any. I wouldn't want to ruin the magic for anyone else out there. Yeah, I used to wear the microphone just on the set, but then now I, wear I realized all the positive attention <laughs> it would get me on the street, so I just started wearing yeah. it everywhere. And I'm rich; I can afford to. I'm sure John Hamm has no problem getting attention on the streets, giant dong or not. <laughs> he is a very, very handsome, famous man. And his dick arrives to room 10 minutes before he does. <laughs> his microphone does anyway. His microphone might, yeah. Well, so if anyone out there has stuff with John Hamm, please reach out to us at wreckyourpod uh, at gmail.com. I'd love to know all the juicy details. Even if you haven't slept with John Hamm, we encourage you to reach out to us at wreckyourpod at gmail.com <laughs> and talk to us about literally anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a couple weeks since Will Smith walked up onto a stage and slapped Chris Rock across the face. Slapped the shit out of him. Yeah, I believe that that's the that is the clinical term Chris Rock. That was the used. quote. Everybody out there has received a professional level class in the optics and fallout of the Oh, that's gone. <laughs> that ain't coming back. I just threw my phone across the room. Not coming back. It is on a permanent <laughs> vacation. I'm pretty sure it has fallen down behind the headboard of my bed, which means I may have to move furniture if I'm ever going to have a phone conversation again. Well, that sounds horrible for a Saturday morning. <laughs> but not as bad as the Monday morning after slap <laughs> slapping Chris Rock on national television. So of all the takes, and there are a huge variety of takes there's, there's too some many villainizing yeah. will smith some villainizing chris rock many villainizing jada pinkett smith mm. and then some just villainizing all of them yeah i will never forgive will smith for the amount of think pieces i've had to read about this goddamn thing i feel like everyone's got a take it was all over twitter the next day i didn't even know the oscars were going on until will smith slapped the hell out of chris rock yeah, I know. I have now watched at least 45 seconds worth of Oscar footage over and over. 300,000 times. Yeah, exactly. 
It's a feature film length of time. I, I can almost guarantee you that there, there's been more time spent watching Will Smith slap Chris Rock than the entire amount of time people have ever spent watching the Oscars ever. Oh, absolutely. It's got to be. It's got to be close. Because, I mean, the Oscars have been around since, what, the th- 20s, 30s? I Yeah. Yeah, this is this is not a research topic, people. So Maurice, if you <laughs> if you know, or if you don't know, turn and ask Diane. She'll first know. All, first of all, who the hell cares? Like I, I hate. I've never really got into the Oscars of this just like Hollywood elite meeting up and and sucking each other off, giving each other awards, and 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 slapping each other and, across the mouth. Well, that was. I mean, that's the, the most entertaining thing that happened in, in Oscars history in years. I want to say ever since the Titanic swept the award show. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of different ways that people have broken this down. They've broken it down along racial lines, class lines, uh, gender lines, sexual orientation lines. Comedy lines, everything. Yeah, like this. This thing has been bisected in so many different ways, and now it's our turn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like when you take a razor blade and slice it down the middle of a hot dog and put that hot dog in a microwave. Oh, okay. I I don't know why that analogy works for me, but it, it does. does. I, don't th- I don't think it works for anyone. But <laughs> <laughs> what you got to do is slit sl- it in half, put another hot dog in that. There you go. Inception, dogception. Yeah, I I think. The, the biggest issue I have, and this kind of ties into the current American political zeitgeist around the specter of critical race theory. For the folks at home who aren't, as, who aren't familiar with critical theory, it's something that happens inside of a liberal arts education whereby you use various perspectives to analyze a text or event or series of events in order to arrive at new conclusions or new uh, new vantage points for understanding that text or event. Uh, that, that's that's a fair summary, right? If we're just breaking it down to brass tacks. Sure. You didn't sound very confident. I mean, I, I mean, look, look, what critical race theory is, is it, th- this is all it is. This is this is the distilled version. We look around and we see inequality in the world today. What explains that inequality? Well, we look back in America's history and we see slavery, we see Jim Crow, we see all this stuff. That stuff has influences on today's events, topics, and whatnot. That, in a nutshell, is what critical race theory is. It's a way of explaining the current inequality we see in our world. In addition to critical race theory, there's, you know, feminist theory and post-colonial theory. And there's so many different ways to dissect an event or a text that I think Trying to have that conversation over a platform like Twitter or in an opinion piece. Well, maybe an opinion piece is a little bit more appropriate, but trying to make sense of an argument through Twitter is absolutely insane. Not until Elon Musk gets gets at the helm and he'll, he will save it for us all. Elon is going to save us all from the tyranny of not being able to hear Donald Trump every single day. You can day. tell he's really against uh, tyranny because he's trying to turn pr- Twitter to a private company and trying to control it 100% himself. So <laughs> that's how you know he's really for the people. Yeah, he's all about free speech. Most people who are in favor of limited government seem to be mostly interested in being limited in how much they themselves are governed. Yeah. They'll give lip service to other people's state of governance, but what it comes down to is they already know what's best. So if somebody, if, if somebody has to govern, oh gosh, it may as well be me. Might as well be Elon Musk, the, the, the heir of a Zambian emerald mine. Let, let's look at this event in the order that it happened. Chris Rock's on stage. He makes a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's haircut being an appropriate look for G.I. Jane 2. Yep. Now, 
many people are saying, wait a second, she has alopecia, so that is yeah. an ableist joke. It's at least in bad taste, I feel like. Um, I think you should stay you should stay away from joking about people's personal appearances as a general rule, but if they have a medical condition tied to it, I definitely think you like 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 he's definitely a jerk for saying the joke. Whether he knew about her condition or not, you're joking about someone's appearance, and I just think that's kind of in bad taste. The other thing is, and sometimes jokes don't land the way they're they're intended to, and this this gets into another uh, critical theory, which is reader response theory. Is is Chris Rock's intent as important as Will Smith's understanding of what he meant? Right, right, right. When you have a, a simple two party event like that, you know those those points of view are kind of equally valuable, and the the onus of understanding or coming to a point of agreement or peace with each other is really incumbent on both parties. So I don't think that one party is their interpretation of the event is more important than the others. I think they're probably equals in that sense. Uh, so I think regardless of whether I, I think you're right, I think avoiding physical uh, physical jokes or jokes at the expense of somebody else's physical state. I think that's always good comedy advice to make sure that you're punching up instead of punching down. Yeah, uh, I, I think whether or not he was aware of her medical condition is pertinent. I had no yeah. idea she had alopecia. Well, she, she she went public with it in 2018. And when you're hosting the Oscars, I could go public about finding corn in my shit. That doesn't mean everybody should know about well, it. You're not Jada Pickett Smith, though. OK, this is this is my, this is my point. He, he read from a script, right? Either that joke was approved and, and which is a failure of that system. Someone should have definitely been like somebody knew uh, Jada Pickett Smith had alopecia. And be like, we need to pull this joke. Or he ad-libbed the joke in the moment, which I actually think is what he did. I don't think his joke was pre-approved. Yeah. I just think he went off the cuff. No, it wasn't, that good of, it wasn't that good of a joke. Right, exactly. I think the other perspective that people are missing is, what if the joke was meant to be complimentary? Uh, I don't know how that is possible. G.I. Jane is a 1990s film starring Demi Moore in which a woman becomes the first person to make it through Navy SEAL training. Spoiler so alert. A, she's the woman. She's a woman who go, who attempts Navy Navy SEAL training. Let's just say, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. She attempts it and we'll leave, we'll leave it open to interpretation or your final viewing as to whether she makes it through Navy SEAL training. Spoiler alert. It's Hollywood. You know, the answer to that um, <laughs> in GI Jane, uh, she's a powerful, strong female figure who is, who shaves her head in order to sort of shake off society's expectations of women and, and show that she is a powerful equal to the men that are in the same training. So being cast as the star of GI Jane two means that you are in good, you're in strong physical condition and you are a powerful woman operating in a men's world. I, I, I think that's a rather generous interpretation of, of what he's saying t- to the point that- where I think it's, I think it's, it, it, you're, you're reaching for straws to try to make the joke okay, is what it sounds like. I'm telling you what Chris Rock told himself in the mirror after the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I, here's the thing. I think, um, you know, especially women, especially black women, their hair, is, it, it, you know, there's a whole history of of people fucking with and touching and, and messing and pointing out black women's hair specifically. Uh, and I think hair is a huge part of femininity. And it, when you're drawing attention to that for for a reason, she doesn't willingly have a buzz cut like G.I. Jane did, right? She she has one as as uh, as a virtue of her medical condition. I think if you're pointing that out, 
you're you're definitely an asshole, but you're not the asshole because no matter what you say, no matter if someone's saying something reprehensible, you cannot put your hands on another person for saying words. And that's something we haven't talked about yet. We haven't talked about how Will Smith assaulted someone for saying fucking words, and that is way worse than saying any off-color joke. Okay, I, I, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to go down this I'm willing to go down this road. So we we have we have three different possible views of Chris Rock here. We have the least favorable view in which he is mocking somebody for a disability. We have a slightly less unfavorable view uh, in which he is mocking somebody simply for their physical appearance. Yeah. And then we have a slight, uh, a favorable view in which he meant it in a nice way. Yeah. Which is, which no one thinks that. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris Rock, I am telling you, he went back to the green room. He shooed his handlers away. He looked dead on in the mirror. Maybe he did some drugs. Hollywood. <laughs> and lied to himself like in, yeah yeah in, in the biopic he does drugs before lying to himself in real life he might not have he may yeah. have soberly lied to himself i think i believe that he's probably a straight shooter and i don't mean that in a drug euphemism <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> straight edge is what i should have said yeah like you said will smith then like initially he laughs and then I think he has a moment to process the joke and maybe process his wife's reaction. Yeah, that's joke. what it was. He looks over. He looks over. We saw her reaction. She rolled her eyes and looked away. She was pissed. Maybe Will Smith was in the pro Chris Rock camp until he had a chance to think about it. He's like, wait a second. I don't think he's being nice to my wife at all. Yeah. The way um, it makes it makes it seem like that he was like, oh, ha, 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 looks over, sees it pissed off his wife. And now he's got to defend his wife's honor because she, he pissed her off. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Right. Hey, spoiler alert for all you. For all you gentlemen out there, you do always have to protect the honor of the people that you love. You do not always have to protect their honor with violence. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 All right. So I think I I don't think we need to go into any more detail there. But Will Smith is absolutely wrong for slapping Chris Rock. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Outside of that context, I don't personally like to engage in celebrity speculation like regarding their personal lives. Okay. But there there've certainly been some videos out there. And then, you know, with everything that happened around, you know, the marital infidelity and all that. So there's very, a lot of stuff. Very that's been public out, marital infidelity. They've had like very public yeah, issues about their marriage. Yeah. 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 They're very open about it. Kind of crazy. That said, it's not the craziest thing Chris Rock could have said about their marriage. <laughs> oh, that's so after this, after the slap, he uh, he says because I've seen this footage 45 million times, he kind of says under the breath, boy, I could, okay. And I was like, fuck, he was thinking of some savage fucking jokes about Jada Pickett Smith, and I want to know what those are. I want to know what he, what he, what he self-censored, because you know it was fire. You know he could bring the heat. <laughs> <laughs> you don't spend that long in the comedy game without, without having an understanding of what you can and cannot say without getting killed. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. After you just got slapped, so what's the next thing that's going to happen? Yeah. Without without speculating, there have definitely been some videos out that that have been put out there, like in the context of their relationship, which are troubling and make you actually worry. It's like, is Will Smith in an abusive relationship? Yeah, and yeah, maybe not my business. I hope if I, I, I hope whatever issues they're having, they figure out to the satisfaction of whoever the victim in any given situation is. Yeah, agreed. Is that is that vague enough to be to avoid Twitter's? Ire, I don't know. I don't know if uh, anything's vague enough to avoid Twitter's ire because every day it's, it's a new outrage machine, and it's every day there's a new main character on Twitter, and every day it's your job to make sure it's not you. And Will Smith failed at that. He was the main character on Twitter for like a week. <laughs> like I think Chris Rock got off pretty easy, all, all things said and done. 
yeah. uh, battery aside, he, he, he avoided pretty easy. <laughs> he, he got best supporting actor on Twitter <laughs> for a week. <laughs> and you know what? I've got to give the man complete and total credit. You can question his motives and judgment leading up to him being slapped. But once <laughs> the show once must Will go Smith's on there. Yeah. And once Will Smith gets up there and it's clear that he's he's drawing back for the for the big swing. Chris Rock just says, uh oh, he Shot. stands back. He absorbs it. He he publicly processes his Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. Yep. Yeah. And then, like you said, the show must go on. Yeah. I, um, you know, it goes to the point that Chris Rock was a consummate professional in that work. He, he finished his job. He did his job after being physically assaulted with, and, and he did his job with his perpetrator in the room, like 50 feet away from him. Every time Will Smith clapped after that point, it's just a warning. <laughs> <laughs> a one hand clap. Oh yeah. yeah. You think that's funny, huh? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Chris Rock did take some heat because the documentary that won the category that he was announcing uh, was created by Questlove. And he his joke was, it was Questlove and, and uh, what, three or four white guys. Yeah. And one of the guys was Indian. He's just like, I was robbed of that experience. Yeah. It's springtime and you're watching a flower bloom and each petal is a unique grievance. Uh, yeah, uh, the yeah has. there you go. Yeah, that's it. That's a good. <laughs> that, 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 that's way better than your dumb hot dog analogy. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I, I can't, I, now I can't edit the hot dog analogy out. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we've, now, we've now referenced it and re-referenced it. So yep. it's canon. If now. I do it cut it canon. out, it's, it's, I made an analogy where you slice up a hot dog with a razor blade, put it in a microwave. And now you have art. There you go. Yep. There right. You go. Yeah. yeah. OK. It's like, it's like Banksy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the great news is in spite of everything that went down at the Oscars, nobody nobody died and no one got arrested, shockingly. Yeah. No one died, nobody got arrested, but had this taken place in Constantinople 150 years ago, it might have been a completely different story entirely because the perpetrator in this case it would have been Pasha Will Smith. It would have been Will Smith's character from the live action Aladdin. Oh, God. <laughs> the genie. The genie. Maybe problematic. I have no I, I have no idea what's going on with Disney's live action. Uh, <laughs> but Pasha Will Smith may have been may have been schooled in the art of what the Internet calls the Ottoman slap. Now, what is the Ottoman slap, Ryan? Allegedly, the Ottoman <laughs> slap was a martial technique employed by Turkish troops in the service of the Ottoman Empire. And the idea was that they could slap somebody so hard that it would create a terrifying noise, potentially kill the man or horse struck. Oh, my God. And strike fear into the heart of the enemies. With an open hand slap, there's no fucking way. With an open hand slap. There's no way. I mean, like. And look, I, I, I grew up. A, I grew up a child in the 80s. I know what an open hand slap looks like. <laughs> it's a generational divide. Maybe kids these days don't know. Yeah. But we, we grew up right on the dividing line of like. Child abuse and. <laughs> child abuse and child coddling. Like we're, we're right in the. We're right in the sweet spot. Right on the corner of. A helicopter mom and, and getting the shit slapped out of you right in the corner of that intersection. Yeah, you, you you get know? your ass up there and get your fucking participation trophy or I'll give you something to cry about. Yeah. <laughs> That's our generation. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah, you're right. How how badass were people in the Ottoman Empire if they could just slap, slap a horse and kill it? There's no way. There's absolutely no way. I, I, I think it'd be hard to kill a horse if you just had like a lead pipe. It would be difficult to do that, let alone your fucking hand. Are you kidding me? There's no way. 
There's no way. Well, if you spent every day since the 1400s slapping wet marble to toughen your hands, you might be able to take down a horse. At least that's the theory. Is that what they did? I might be exaggerating with 700 years of marble slapping. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of the rumor. So mo- marble of modern technology. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, so I, I stumbled across this on Reddit and it was somebody asking, like, hey, have you ever heard of this? And they linked to a website called Turkish Vibe. Love it. Love it. Which doesn't. It doesn't end in .edu. It doesn't end in .gov. So I'm, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. So they, they claim that there is physical evidence uh, in excavations from the Ottoman period. Uh, traces of slaps were found even on horses, people, and metal helmets. Wow. I, which, I, I, which I assume is just a fucking handprint yeah, on the side of a that, skull. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is where I, as an archaeologist, will tell you that I think it would probably be difficult for them to determine what actually caused the damage without actually being buried with the weapon. Right. So like, like if somebody slapped somebody so hard that they died and then the, then the slapper was then shot in the back or maybe had a heart attack because, Oh my God, I can't believe I just killed a man with my open hand slap. And then they fell into the same grave and then were excavated several hundred years later. Then you can be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that, that hands right there on the face where you can see the, the metal, the metal helmet crushing in on itself. I mean, how, how, what kind of hands do they make in the Ottoman Empire? I mean... Well, that's just it. They're making powerful hands that slap marble every day. God. I've been doing the equivalent of slapping my marble every day since <laughs> I was about 13. And I don't know that I can kill a man in a single stroke. Yeah, right. It's not the only thing those calloused. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here, here's what they tell us in, in the bulleted list. Here's your quick information. This is what you need to have summarized in your brain about the Ottoman slap. The Ottoman slap was preferred during war when the sword fell out of hand. Azab units, which were the vanguard, used light swords to be fast, and these swords were quickly broken. When they were without a sword, they used the Ottoman slap techniques. Not everyone or every member of the army in the Ottoman Empire could slap the Ottomans. That doesn't make sense. It is a technique that requires special training and study. When you oh, I'm sure sla- it does, so yeah. Performing the Ottoman slap is called slapping the Ottomans. Okay. <laughs> then the Ottoman slap is a technique known before the Turks migrated from Central Asia. It was also known that the Huns and Gok Turks also used some slap techniques, but it was called the Ottoman slap because it became most effective with special training and work during the Ottoman period. So, I mean, there's some very clear claims being made. I, I will tell you what I do if I was engaged in battle with a 14th or 15th century Ottoman soldier and they try to slap me. I would close my fist and punch him because I bring a I bring a, a punch to a slap fight and beat the hell out of him. I'm glad you brought that up. There, there are actually some very good reasons not to close your fist. You, you could like you could definitely break your fingers. Less likely. Yeah. Hey guys, quiet. Sorry, I, I will edit that out. Yeah, uh, before I'm about to go give them a fucking Ottoman slap. Oh God, you should, you should definitely, you should definitely edit that out because it's not 1980s, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody call the Sultan. Get Child Protective Services in here. Steal these kids away. Turn them into Janissaries. Uh, <laughs> I know that I get that joke because I played Age of Empires. Hey, that that hold on a second. That's actually a really bad cry sound. I'll be right back. According to this website, children were taken to the palace at a young age. They were fed very well so that they could be large and strong. After reaching a certain age, the palms were made callous and strong by slapping marble every day. Arm muscles were specially developed. It's estimated that the education emerged in the 1500s and 1600s. So, 
Okay. <laughs> That's the nutshell. Basically, they take away, they, they take children away, they take them to the palace and train them to uh, train them to become super slappers. Whose idea was this? They're sitting they're sitting around this table. He's like, you know what, sire? I got an idea that's really going to, you know, it's really going to help us in battle. And then the sultan slapped the shit out of him and said, I have a better idea. <laughs> and then it was born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I only come up with ideas here. Um, interesting that they chose marble to it because marble is a little bit of a softer stone that takes a good polish. So I feel like, uh, I mean, it's, when you're talking about slapping rock, I mean, it's it's going to hurt no matter what. If I had to but, choose a rock, it would it would probably be marble. Yeah, I would, mine would be talc because it's like it's it's super it crumbles. Right. So some sort of some sort of calcium derived mineral calcite or some shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, this isn't a scholarly website. They do make an interesting claim towards the end of the article, which is that the properly executed Ottoman slap would be an open palm strike directly to the bridge of the nose, which breaks the nose, drives the bone into the brain and causes the a nose fatal injury. Part of the triangle of death, right? Is what they call the nose yeah. area, you know? Yeah. Cause yeah. So I, and what I find amazing is that like, it feels like that every elementary school student in the early 1990s knew that if you hit somebody in the nose, just right, it would drive a bone into their brain and they would die. That's Did right. You know that yeah. as a kid. I heard that as a kid. I also heard that it takes eight pounds of pressure to crush someone's windpipe. Yeah. And you were probably like eight to 12 years old when you learned those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. What are we teaching kids in school? Well, in it's, our age, they're telling us to narc on our parents for drugs. That's what they were telling us to do. <laughs> narc on your parents for drugs. Eight pounds of pressure to crush a windpipe. And oh, by the way, don't say gay. And the, mar- and the mitochondria is a powerhouse of the cell. And the <laughs> mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. And it's I a know slapper, be- the Ottoman slapper of the, se- of the cell. <laughs> so let's look at some of the specific claims that are being addressed here. One, is this a pre-existing martial tradition derived from Central Asian horsemen? I don't know. I could not find a single primary source yeah. indicating the existence of a Central Asian or Ottoman specific slap. Uh, yeah. What I did find is a bunch of articles on the internet kind of echoing uh, echoing each other. And this is one of those circumstances <clears> where <throat> things have entered the popular culture to the point where they, they sort of become true over time. Uh, I'm trying to yeah, think it's of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Of that. Oh, like, uh, oh, for example, burning witches at the stake in Salem. Yeah. Like how many yes. times have you heard yes. about witches yes. being burned at the stake at Salem? The only execution, me- there are only two execution methods used in Salem. One, uh, well, there are three execution methods used in Salem. One was hanging, which was the primary execution yep, method. Yep, yep. Uh, one guy was crushed to death, and then everybody else died from neglect in the prison. No, they also drowned women. They they also drowned them. I don't think I don't think they employed that in Salem. I, I know that they've used it in American witch trials, but I don't think that was actually used at Salem. Okay. That said, if you do want to know what they did in Salem, there's a fantastic uh, podcast series from Aaron Mankey, the guy who made Lore. It's called, what the fuck is the name of that podcast? Well, it made a big impression on you, I can tell. <laughs> it really did. Uh, it's called Unobscured, and their first season is nothing but like 12 episodes just about the Salem Witch Trials. Highly recommend it. When you finish listening to our podcast, go over there, check that out, then come back over here because I don't want to lose you. <laughs> is this backed up with historical documentation? Not as far as I can tell. Uh, it does make claims about archaeological discoveries, but 
it doesn't provide any uh, any links to any excavations. And it's certainly nothing that I've ever heard of. And I've been to a lot of Turkish archaeological sites. I was going to say, you've been to Turkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've toured many Turkish archaeological sites and not one of them has made mention of the incredible slapping power of the ancients. Um, Well, that is that is disappointing, I would say. Do you think slapping marble every day would effectively toughen the hands? I think you you could you could certainly callous the the hard tissue. Maybe if yeah. you if you broke bones, yeah. you might build up some uh, scar tissue. Yeah, uh, or, I, I think you're breaks. more likely to. I think you're more likely to like tear away at your ligaments and tendons over time, just getting that like raw like trauma on your hand. And then on top of that, then you got to slap a human. And so like, I don't know, almost like a club hand. Could an open hand slap be fatal? I I think they laid out in the article a way that it could be fatal by, you know, like you said, the triangle of death. Yeah, there are circumstances that we can look to in modern sport where open handed fighting is the norm. One is the Japanese uh, ultimate fighting organization, Pancraze. They forbid closed hand strikes but they still have plenty of open hand knockout. Yeah. You can also find if you go to slapfight.com, there is a slap, <laughs> there's a professional slap fight organization in which you watch like 400 pound muscle men yeah. just slap the shit out of each other while Paul Logan and Arnold Schwarzenegger provide the color commentary. I've seen these videos on YouTube and some of these people do definitely pass out. They get they get knocked the fuck out, man. Yeah. You know, I'm sure if you if you clock somebody with an open hand slap on the ear, you could rupture an eardrum. Yeah, and that's what they do. They hit him like right in the side of the head. Crazy. Can you imagine a situation in which one of those burly boys knocks out a horse, though, or kills a no. horse? Uh, not unless horses were much smaller than they are today. I, 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 the idea of, of someone open hand slapping a, a, a horse to death, I think that, that there's, I don't care how much you're slapping marble. That's a 2,000 pound animal of just brute strength. Well, what about a centaur? Can you slap a centaur to death? <laughs> Ooh, yeah well i think you could i think you could because i think if you, you if you eliminate the height advantage <clears throat> you you, yeah. you you pull yeah. your step stool up i think you could slap the shit out of a centaur <laughs> because they have human yeah. skulls yep yep exactly there are some other red flags in this article that stand out so the practice of abducting children taking them to the palace and providing specialized training is something that did occur that's unsurprising so in the ottoman empire there was this thing called the janissary corps And the Janissaries started out essentially as child slaves. So what they would do is they would go out to conquered territories. They would take children from those villages, bring them back to the palace and provide special martial training until adulthood. They're forbidden from marrying, practicing any trades. And all they did was serve the serve the emperor as a personal bodyguard force. However, there's no indication that they engaged in special slap training. Yeah, I think there would be like if there was this training, there would be some sort of documentation that would be uncovered eventually. Right. Some sort of like, yeah, Uh, the Ottoman Empire took over what we know as the Byzantine Empire. And with it, all of the bureaucracies and government organizations. uh, So they inherited this this massive documentation system. So there's no shortage of Ottoman military documents. And as far as I can tell, none of them actually mention an Ottoman slap. Yeah. Or a specialized slapping technique. Uh, yeah. So it sounds like this uh, sounds like this person may be confusing some of the practices around the Janissary Corps with this uh, magical slap fighting organization. Uh, another another group sometimes referenced are like they call them Ottoman berserkers, but the Bashi Bazouk, which were largely speaking Eastern European irregulars that were famed for their brutality, 
but they probably weren't formally trained. They're essentially just government-backed land bandits or government-backed land pirates. They're, 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 <laughs> they were groups that would be formed by the government for a military campaign, but they were uh, but they were paid exclusively in the loot that they brought home. So they were effectively just government-backed pirates. Speaking of other things in the historical record that might be a little dubious, uh, came across this photo uh, on Facebook in a group called Growing Up in East Tennessee. So, you know, it's a gold mine of just great content. Um, user Dusty Worley, who is a real actual person, posted a photo of what appears to be a pretty well-preserved T-Rex just laying on the ground in the woods. Oh, let me take a look at this. That looks like it died three weeks ago. <laughs> it looks like it, it looks like it, it was used in the original Jurassic Park set and just left in the woods. Right. It, it has skin on it. Uh, it, will, it has like a, almost a complete set of teeth. But like, we'll, we'll get into that in a second here. Uh, the photo has over 420 shares, which I love, by the way, and 4.4 and thousand likes and reactions. While funny, we really just need to say off off the bat that this is not real. This this is not a real T-Rex that was laying on the ground uh, in the Tennessee woods. What is it then? Is it is just like a crocodile or something? What's going on? No, I think it's a... F- so what I think it is, is it, if you look at the body, it almost looks like tree roots. I think it's a Photoshop photo. I think it's, fo- it's a good Photoshop of tree roots with a skull attached to it, right? Is what it kind of seems is what it kind of seems like to me. Um, oh. But here's how we here is how we know that this is not real. Uh, only five dinosaur bones have ever been found in Tennessee, in the in the history of Tennessee, and it belonged to a single adult uh, Edmontosaurus, which is a plant-eating hadrosaur. Hadrosaur is like a duck-billed dinosaur. Okay. Uh, the, the bones are three three tail vertebrae, a part of the fibula, which is the lower leg, and a foot bone. That's the only land-dwelling dinosaur ever found uh, in Tennessee. They have found sea-going dinosaurs there for sure. Yeah, and there are definitely more than five bones here, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is close to a complete skeleton as as you would find, right? Um, uh, just look at the photo. There appears to be skin, a rather full rack of teeth, uh, and as close to a complete animal as I've ever seen for like a dinosaur, right? But let's talk a little bit about the way things get fossilized and how I know this is not actually a true thing. Um, fossilization is organic matter being replaced by rock. Uh, rarely are there anything close to complete skeletons. And this, again, this dinosaur is just placed sitting on the forest floor with the plants and stuff growing around it. Almost all the fossils that have ever been found have been in sedimentary rock. And that rock is formed by dirt, sand, silt, and clay, and other debris that has settled and compressed for a very long time. And that pressure is what makes the organic material become rock. So you okay. can't just have a you can't just have a animal laying on the ground and it become fossilized. It doesn't work that way. Now this is definitely looking like it's on the surface and it would have been uncovered. Like like I said, yeah. it looks like it died like three weeks ago. If if this right. is in fact a dead animal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's generally accepted that fossils need to be at least 10,000 years old for the make uh, for for it for a fossil to exist. It's, it's the end of the last Pleistocene glacial mm-hmm. event. So a T-Rex fossil would not just be sitting in a forest bed in Tennessee. Uh, I looked into it. I tried to find news articles. I'm like, if they found a T-Rex anywhere in North America, that's making local news everywhere. Could not find a single news thing about this. It's a joke. Someone posted in his living in East Tennessee group. Honestly, again, the photo just looks like a photoshopped tree root. If I was a betting man, that's kind of what I think it looks like. Yeah. And even if you hadn't told me it was posted in East Tennessee, I'm looking here at this, uh, some of the comments on here and somebody is quoting Job. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's how you know it's an East like Tennessee somebody immediately group. sees yeah. a picture of a dinosaur and they like quoted a Bible. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, well, the, the dinosaur fossils were just placed on this earth to by the devil to trick man. Have you heard that argument before? I I have heard it, and it's a pretty solid argument. I mean. You can't. You literally yeah. cannot refute it. It's just like, well, yeah, the it is irrefutable. Yeah, it's yeah, irrefutable. Yeah. A demonic, a demonic creature created uh, bones, hid them in the earth in order for people to stumble across them and then immediately doubt God. Yeah, exactly. That which is the first reaction I have to giant lizard bones in the desert. <laughs> so, I mean, through the fossilization process, generally speaking, soft tissue doesn't be, get preserved, and this definitely, like this, this is made to appear as though it's skin and scale and. Yeah. Beyond beyond it being uh, just a fully articulated T-Rex skeleton, it's also making claims about soft tissue, which we know are not possible. Sometimes when you find fossils, it's, it's just teeth or fragments of, of bone. Like I said, they found only five bones for Edmontosaurus in Tennessee. Um, this is actually an interesting fact I found out recently. The only known chimpanzee fossils are teeth. They've only found, they've never found a chimpanzee's like, a uh, fossil of like uh, back or leg or rib or hands or arms. They've only found their teeth, which is how they know they're chimpanzees. So there's a lot lost in the fossil record. There's a lot. Final determination. Uh, absolutely not real. Definitely a joke. Uh, while funny and a pretty good Photoshop. Uh, absolutely did not happen. On one hand, I think it's uh, I find it reassuring that nothing that fresh is coming out of the ground to eat me. So thank you. <laughs> of course. On the other hand, I find it unfortunate that we don't have a preserved specimen of that quality yeah. on hand to pull dinosaur DNA from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I came across another meme that I wanted to get to the bottom of. This is actually kind of funny. On a clear spring day in Sitka, Alaska, residents awoke to see Mount Edgecombe, a dormant volcano in the southern end of uh, Off Island, billowing with black smoke rising from the crater. Well, that, that's concerning. Anytime you're living near an active volcano, you have a lot to worry about. Yeah, well, it's a dormant volcano. So, yeah, uh, not if yeah. it's smoking. That's true. This is true. So the residents did what anyone else would do, and they called 911. Okay. <laughs> the, vol- the volcano is going off. Um, so the police, the fire department talked to the Coast Guard, who sent a helicopter to investigate. Uh, the helo looked down into the crater and found, saw that no lava was there. Didn't see okay, that's it. I mean, but, that's that's good. So right off the bat, we're doing we're doing OK. Right. Uh, but they did see stacked in the cone of El Picano burning greasy flame pile of old tires uh, and spray painted in the snow were 50 foot high black capital letters. April Fools. <laughs> this was in 1974, by the way. So this is like bef- so this is like before like cell phones and the Internet. Um I want to talk about a little bit how this guy pulled off one of the best April Fool's jokes in the history of Alaska. That's so uh, it's pretty darn cool. And it's 1974. So burning tires in uh, pristine wilderness is not even a remote concern on anybody's radar. This guy is a 50 year old local prankster. So he's from a generation where they're they're from the fucking around generation, just destroying the earth for the laugh. They have no problem doing that. Right. He's probably conceived on top of a gold dust sifter. (laughs) <laughs> his name is Oliver Bicker, but his nickname is Porky. Uh, so so this is how Porky did it. Typically with his overalls around his ankles on top of a player piano. That's how he did it. <laughs> <laughs> so Porky collected 70 old tires and put them in an airplane hangar. Uh, he waited three years until a clear April Fool's Day to make this joke. Uh, he called his, uh, his his friend Earl Walker, 
who's a helicopter pilot. So Porky uh, and Earl, I love it. Uh, Porky and Earl, Adventures of Porky and Earl. So he's okay. got sitcom legs. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So he offered his services for the joke, and they transported the tires and gallons of kerosene uh, in this <laughs> helicopter to the crater of this volcano in the dead of night on April Fool's, or the night before April Fool's, on April, April Fool's, Fool's Eve. Eve. April Fool's Eve. Uh, they lit them on fire and then flew home and like slept as a slept as a baby because they have no problem destroying the gu- destroying the wilderness. The beautiful let's, wilderness. Let's be real. Of they did not go home and sleep like babies. They went home and got drunk. They went. <laughs> well, they they got drunk. Flew, you know, flew the, the most epic April Fool's <laughs> joke ever, and not just spend the rest of the day getting smashed. They probably were drunk on their way. They're like drinking on the helicopter on the way to the crater. I would imagine. You are, this is um, this is 1974 Alaska. You are 1,000 percent correct that there was not a sober helicopter in the sky. <laughs> the funny thing is that every this, this is actually kind of funny. All the residents, when they realized it was a joke, they all thought it was funny and generally had positive feelings because when you're expecting a volcano to explode, it, it's kind of assuring to find out it was just a joke from your drunk friend Porky. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess my it was 1974, so I can only assume that there was no crime committed. It's nope. just yeah, it's um, just good old boys. Exactly right. Um, they're, they had their Confederate flag p- painted helicopter. The judge and went <laughs> went to the went to the crater. I will say that the AP picked up the story and it spread like wildfire. Um, this was all this was in papers all over the years, so it became very well publicized. Six years later, a similar prank had much more serious consequences. Uh oh! So that's what happens when it's 1980. You're in Ronald Reagan's America now. Yep. Uh, in a Boston TV station, had to publicly apologize after they broke news, uh, and I'm quote, I'm air quoting news here, okay. claiming that a popular ski resort in Massachusetts was a volcano ready to explode. It caused a <laughs> mass panic. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Later in that year, Mount St. Helens erupted. So this is actually a big year for volcanoes, uh, lore, and volcano events yeah. in general. So did they get in more trouble? So you you said that there were more serious consequences, and then the seemed like the consequences were were that Mount St. Helens exploded because the Boston radio station said that the Massachusetts nah, ski resort was going to explode. It, the, the, I just want to make the, sure the I'm cons- understanding my cause and effect here. No, 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 no. They, it, this did not cause Mount St. Helens to erupt. That's just a happy accident. Uh, the, the consequences <laughs> is that a Boston TV station had to uh, apologize for breaking fake news in 1980, which I think is hilarious. There you go. Um, very funny. Um, April Fool's. Also, we should mention now that the dinosaur Tennessee guy, he posted that on April Fool's into, t- into the group, which is also how we know it's not true. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> That's the only reason we know it's not true. Uh, but, you know, one thing that I never joke about. Well, that would be the soft tunes of Rick Reynolds. That's right. Rick Reynolds has been kind enough to provide us the use of his song United from the album Portals in Progress, which you can find on Amazon, iTunes, and Spotify. You can also find him on YouTube and at Rick Reynolds on Instagram. Yeah, and I hope you enjoy the show. If you have, please rate us kindly and maybe tell a friend about us. You can find us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts. What else? Yeah, It's been a... Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, anywhere, anywhere you get, you get podcasts. podcasts. Yeah, rate us favorably. Yeah. And, and, you know, even if you don't like us, we encourage you to rate us favorably as a good gesture. And then maybe tell somebody you don't like. And maybe we'll bond <laughs> with them instead. 
Yeah, right. If, uh, honestly, I will take hate listens, hate clicks. It, uh, 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 listen as a, a download to download. I'll take, I'll, even if they hate it, I'll take it, right? Yes, sir. But we're across social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Make sure you're following all that. Um, we also have a Gmail. And please send us your questions, grabs, complaints, dinosaur memes, whatever you want. Uh, wreckyourpod at gmail.com. That's right. We are producing premium content every single day on every single one of those uh, social media platforms. Spoiler for not. But uh, you can also find us on the Cast Junkie Discord server. You'll find a link in the show notes. You can go there. You can chat with us in real time about recent episodes, topics, future topics. And you can generally talk smack about Matt because he's not there. That's true. Yep. Go go ahead. If you really want to talk shit about me. And he and if he is there, he's there under an know. alias spying on you, judging you for what you, whatever you say about him. No, I don't, I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm not. I don't, that's actually not a bad idea. Now you say it. Yeah, but he's, no. gathering, <laughs> he's gathering evidence for the future tribunal. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's right. So if between now and next week, you're wondering what jokes you can make about Will Smith's wife without getting slapped across the mouth to death and you don't have time to wait for our next episode, we encourage you to check yourself don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart.